Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Puff Lunch Podcast. We're your hosts, Ellie and Dulce. <laughs> and if it's your first time here, welcome, welcome. We are the Puff Lounge. It's the podcast that dives into all things girls. Yes, yes, yes. Today, we are talking about walking away from your toxic romantic relationships. Probably one of the most difficult things to do. Yes. I was actually giving this some thought this morning and I was just thinking about how fascinating but also very sad it is that it's so easy or it seems like it's easier to walk away from relationships when they're healthier. Mm -hmm. You know, like whenever you hear, I mean, can't relate, but (laughs) when you hear people talking about their relationships and they seem like they were in a pretty healthy one and things just were working out, like, yes, it makes them very sad, Mm -hmm. but they're able to walk away. Yeah. When you hear about the toxic ones, it takes years and breakup after breakup, try mm-hmm. after try to leave. Yeah. You keep going back like no matter what, it's just like you keep going back and it's hard to break that particular cycle of not going back. Exactly. So I think we can both resonate with this particular topic. Subject? Yeah. <laughs> Cuz we have both gone through very long-term relationships mm-hmm. that weren't the healthiest. Right. Both for different reasons but ultimately toxic right and not to say at least for me that you know it was just him that was the toxic one and mm-hmm. i was perfect no i know i had my fair share in the problems and fights and whatever that we had but i can say with the with my head held high mm-hmm. that i was not the main problem <laughs> in what happened and unfortunately i was with a very toxic person i actually was reading a book i just finished reading it probably like last week it's called 12 rules for life it's by jordan peterson and there was actually this one particular chapter where it was talking about relationships and i resonated with that so much and it was talking about particularly about unhealthy relationships in marriage but i mean obviously it works the same way if you're not married but So the way that he had explained it is that in a relationship, you can be either one of three persons. You can be the tyrant, you can be the slave, or you can be the negotiator. So the tyrant is the person that makes all the decisions, makes all the demands, and all that stuff, right? The slave is basically the obedient one. It's the one that does what is told and things like that leaves, um, makes basically makes no decisions. And then the negotiator is the one that does both. They both ask for things but they also do things as well and so it was saying how the tyrant will eventually grow tired of the slave because they're the ones making all the decisions and the slave will grow tired of the tyrant and will actually rebel and start making their own decisions right and honestly I felt I felt that deep down. I was just like, what? like this is calling me out right now. Relatable. <laughs> <laughs> but in my previous relationship, I was the slave and my partner was a tyrant. And where I didn't make really make any decisions, wanted to like leave everything up to him and everything. So ultimately, I felt like I ended up changing parts of myself in order to please him. And after a while like after almost like 
five, six years, I that's whenever I started to rebel because I didn't like the person who I was anymore. I felt like I didn't know who I was. And so it was just, I started to kind of make up my own mind, started making my own decisions. And ultimately that kind of led to a few discussions that between me and him. And that's ultimately how it started. Like I became the rebel in the relationship because I started doing my own thing you know and that's kind of like where some of the problems started towards the end of our relationship and so I thought that was really interesting so if anybody wants to read it it's called 12 rules for life by Jordan Pearson but I thought it was interesting so it was saying that each relationship has two of those three at all times um I mean obviously there can be a relationship with just one like let's say both persons are the negotiator Mm -hmm. you know like like that's like a balanced relationship where both people both demand and they both give or you can have two tyrants or two slaves uh, but it just kind of depends on your dynamic on how you are but and just speaking in my terms on my terms it was I was the slave and then my partner was the tyrant the one that was asking for things mm, okay that's interesting yeah I mean I just heard of this just now from you but just off of the top of my head I would say I was probably in one where we were both the tyrants anybody that knows me and my ex were both very strong characters (laughs) and neither of us budge so it was just very unhealthy Mm -hmm. because you can be a strong character but you can be understanding and you can be compassionate you know you can have all of those qualities and still be a strong character And I think for us, we were just never willing to budge on one another because it was like we were letting the other one win. Mm -hmm. It was that very toxic mindset. And I think I have brought this up maybe in the past, but I am just a different person around him. Mm -hmm. I feel like the person I am around him is not who I truly am. And I don't know why. And that makes sense, actually, because I literally went to therapy this morning and I was talking to her about that exact same thing, how whenever I was with him, I acted differently than how I normally was. Right. And um, I will admit, like, in the beginning, I did try to, like, be myself and everything. And then whenever that was in, I'm not going to say, like, he, like, shut it down or whatever, but, like, that kind of thing wasn't reciprocated. And so, like, it just made me want to shut myself down. So that's what kind of ended up happening for me. So it's not like something that he enforced on me. It's something that I subconsciously did without really acknowledging it. Mm -hmm. So I ended up changing myself. You were just a chameleon trying to camouflage your surrounding. Mm -hmm. And that particular surrounding made you that person. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think maybe that's probably what it was for me, too. Because after a certain point, you get tired of arguing. You get tired of fighting, of pushing. It's just like, bro, why are we doing this? You mm-hmm. know. But it, again, it was one of those things where for years, I mean years, I think we were together eight years or something like that. And in the very beginning, like almost from the get-go, I knew it wasn't a good relationship. But I don't know what just always made me want to stay there. Mm-hmm. the comfort of like i guess like even though you leave the person it's like that comfort of like well they're always going to be there type thing you know yeah maybe that's what it was i don't know because like i said i mean i kid you i was probably from month three i knew i was like this is this isn't it Mm. but dang girl stay nine years later Hey, can't blame me. I stayed for six, so. Oh, my God. Horrible. But I have 
thought you know i've given it thought obviously because it's a big big part of my life Mm -hmm. and i am grateful for what happened to a certain extent because i do think that i am the person i am today that i have the goals that i have today because of everything i went through just like with Mm -hmm. anything in life you know your hardships usually make you come up with your best glow-ups right because you don't want to be in that situation ever again because Mm -hmm. you don't want to be that ugly person ever again whatever the situation may be but hardships are what makes you you and Mm -hmm. what ultimately gives you your biggest strengths i believe Mm -hmm. you know like from that relationship i learned so much of myself what i was willing to put up with and what not to put up with even though i put up with it for so long because i did now i'm like hell no never again right you know never again never again that was the last sorry that's a russ song <laughs> no you're i'm good. obsessed with russ oh sorry go ahead yeah but yeah i think now like when i talk to my mom about things like that she tells me because you know she also went through a horrible probably a hundred times worse than mine a horrible relationship if for whatever reason you guys hear some like in the background (laughs) our bad the landscaping people are here and they're right by my window so bear with us (laughs) it's not static it's the leaf blower um but yeah so when i talk to my mom about things like that she tells me the same thing you know like i put up with so much toxicity for years And it took me years to walk away from or to get over him. Mm -hmm. And so she said, one thing that you should do now that I did is make a list of what you want in a partner. Mm -hmm. And don't just make it physical. Don't just be, you know, superficial. Yeah. Like genuinely put everything you want in a partner. And yes, you can have physical aspects on it because you obviously have to be attracted to the person somehow, Mm -hmm. you know. But it's more things like, you know, you want to be respected. You never want to be insulted. And if you can make it as specific as you want. Like, I never want someone to call me dumb, even if mm-hmm. they're just playing, because that's what I went through with the last person. And, you know, things like that. Right. And she said, make a list. And when you are ready, when you feel like you're ready to take that next step, when you want to start dating again or whatever the case may be, do not budge from that list. Mm-hmm. If one person does, like maybe you like them like a lot and there's a lot of chemistry, but they joke about how dumb you are all the time and it's like a major one on your list, cut it off. Yeah. Because if it bothers you and it's on the list, you're going to, guess what? You're going to go through the same thing again. Right. Because that's what I did a lot in the beginning. I don't know if it was the same for you. There was a lot of red flags where I was like, I don't like this, but I think I can put up with it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not going to be that big of a deal. But those tiny, tiny red flags end up being the biggest freaking problem setters later on in life. Yeah. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like those things where I'm like, ah, nah, it won't be that big of a deal. Like come five years later, I was just like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I hate this about you. <laughs> Ten things I hate about you. Is that what it's called? Oh, yeah. The movie? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Such a good movie. It is. But Yeah. For any of my ladies out there who have also just come out of a toxic relationship, especially the long, long term ones, because it feels I don't know. It's just so hard because, yes, a lot of the times like you, even though they're super toxic, you love that person. You're used to that person. And not only that, but you're like, fuck, I wasted all these years on you. And it's that scaredness of Mm. starting over. Yeah. Don't be scared, girl, and just make that list. And Mm -hmm. once you start dating again, once you're ready to get back on the horse, love yourself, put yourself on the highest pedestal that you can, and you are worth it. Definitely. 
But like talking about like those first few red flags that you see in the very beginning, they actually talk about that in the book that I mentioned earlier, how people will in in relationships will see like little red flags come up or like see like little situations come up that they didn't like how it happened or whatever their partner said or did. And they're like, well, it's just some small thing. It's whatever. They shove it under the rug. The thing is, the more things you keep shoving under the rug, the more stuff you're piling up under there. And eventually, it's you can't shove any more things in there. And it'll just, it'll, the rug won't even hide it type thing. So any little, any little thing that is a red flag for you or that bothers you in the relationship needs to be talked about. Or if not, the person has to go. Yeah. And that's something super important being able to talk to them about it mm-hmm. and that person actually hearing you out as opposed to getting offensive and starting a fight right because we also have to understand that whenever you're going to your partner about a problem that's going on in your relationship you have to remember it's not about you versus your partner it's you and your partner versus the problem and it's usually whenever y'all are, or we're trying to like say like oh no this is your fault oh no this is your fault you did this you did that that kind of thing like there's always miscommunication you know and it's like you have to accept that both people are human they're both going to make mistakes the problem is or the question is are you willing to take the steps forward to change whatever happened in the future so it does not happen again that's the thing the problem is it isn't your partner it's whatever is bothering the relationship Mm -hmm. and the only solution to get through that is to stop blaming your partner and also take accountability for your own part as well because this is a two-way street this isn't just like one like it's just all you kind of thing like Mm -hmm. no there's two people in this relationship it takes two people to make those mistakes and it may be like the smallest thing like maybe let's say your partner did call you dumb and they said it jokingly but maybe they didn't know that that's how you felt about it right you can bring it up to them like hey this bothered me and they're like okay i won't ever do that again like i understand not gonna happen again now if they do it again then that's a different thing right you know at that point that's just kind of lack of respect right because they you also have to find a partner that takes your feelings into consideration Mm because there are a lot of people out there that will be like oh why does that bother you that's so dumb and Mm -hmm. like just brush it off and keep calling you let's say let's keep using that example they keep calling you dumb Mm -hmm. because yes they only see it as a joke they're not taking it serious but if they can't respect the fact that you are really hurt by it because of whatever the reason may be then they're not for you because what else are they not going to respect it doesn't just stop there when there's things like that it doesn't just stop at that one thing right it's going to trickle off onto a whole bunch of other things exactly and i think that's something that i struggled with in our relationship um and i think it was both-sided there was things that he would tell me that would bother him that i would do and i would just be like it's not that big of a deal and i would Mm -hmm. keep doing it and vice versa i would be like hey please like don't tell me this or don't do this or whatever and he would just be like you're just making a big deal like whatever Mm -hmm. and keep doing it so obviously that was just never just everything was not (laughs) it was just not good you know mine was actually the complete opposite i'm not entirely sure about him maybe he was the exact same way but i know that on my end i never spoke up if something if he had done something that bothered me i wouldn't really speak up like i would just stay quiet and i would just like 
let it happen type of thing mm-hmm. and that was my mistake on my on my part because right. like how is he supposed to know that it bothered me or anything like that if i don't say anything like he can't read my mind right he like he's not supposed to know what's going on in my head he's not supposed to know what's going like how i'm feeling it, he won't know unless i speak up about it so that was my fault and i do take accountability for that mm-hmm and we're our, we are all our own person. We can't just assume they think the same way as us. Right. You know, like, maybe mm-hmm. in your head you're like, well, no one should call anyone dumb because my mom always told me that was rude. They probably don't think that way, you know? Right. Uh, we all were brought up a different way. We all were brought up, obviously, with different parents, different mm-hmm. values, different rules. And that takes part into how we are as adults. Right. Like, we just had different childhoods so it's obviously normal that we all think differently and right. what may be maybe common sense to you won't be common sense to the next person so mm-hmm. you it's very important that you speak up for yourself that you set your boundaries not just in your head like you have to tell the other person don't cross this line right obviously there's certain things that are without being said like mm-hmm. you just don't do that but there's other things that are maybe a super huge deal to you but they may not be to somebody else right so you just have to set those expectations as well Mm -hmm. because if you don't say anything how is the other person supposed to know right or not only that but think of it the other way like what if you're the one making the joke and come to find out they're super hurt about it you're like what i was just kidding Mm -hmm. you know and how am i supposed to know if they don't tell me right communication right that communication communication is huge when it comes to relationships in my opinion is probably number one yeah because if you cannot talk to your partner like Mm -hmm. what you know what can you do right because you got to talk about everything decisions you make problems you have literally everything if you don't feel safe enough to talk about it then I'm pretty sure it's safe to say red flag yeah <laughs> definitely let's wave it around because red flag i will have to say though that speaking up was one of the hugest lessons that i did have to learn coming out of that relationship mm-hmm. i knew that that was something that i needed to work on and not just like in particularly in romantic relationships i'm talking about like any kind of relationship a friendship a relationship between me and my parents my siblings whatever like any kind of relationship I was always very quiet. I didn't speak up for myself at all. It took, it's sad to say, but like it took that six years of relationship for me to realize that I had that issue. Mm -hmm. But the good thing is that even though I did spend those six years in that relationship, I still ended up coming out learning something uh learning something out of it and i was able to put it into practice and i'm not saying that i speak up for myself 100 percent of the time now like no like i still struggle with that i'm still a work in progress i still struggle to speak up for myself every now and then but i do make the effort of speaking up for myself now like i just don't roll over and take people's shit now like it does take a lot out of me to speak up for myself and by all means i am terrified to speak up for myself from time to time but i still make myself get out of that comfort zone and i encourage myself to speak up because if i don't nobody else will and ultimately 
my thing is I don't want to be stuck in the same position that I was before. That is my most biggest fear is being stuck in the same position that I was before. I don't want to go back. And that's what keeps me going to keep practicing to speak up for myself now. Unfortunately, when you don't speak up for yourself, people will just walk all over you. Yeah. Because it's not always intentional either. Right. Because some people are just used to, I don't know how to word it. They just see you as just like, okay, well, this is just how they are. Like, they're just super nice, whatever. Or like they just don't know what you're thinking they don't know that it hurt you so they keep doing it or they keep walking over you unknowing that they're that's what they're doing Mm -hmm. because they're unaware of how you're feeling so they're going to keep doing that over and over again unless you say something they take your silence as acceptance right yeah Mm -hmm. and i mean it's sad to say but yeah that's pretty much how it goes Mm -hmm. but So that's one of the like the biggest things I've had to learn. And even though like I've been out of this relationship for like nearly two years already, I'm still going back and reflecting on it from like time to time. I'm like sometimes every now and then I'll get something new out of it, something out of that reflection of like, oh my gosh, I'm like two years later, I'm like, I just had like this big realization of like some shit that I didn't do during my six year relationship. But I was like, okay, but how am I going, how am I going to fix that now? in my life today because a lot of the things that we do in those relationships isn't just in the relationship that's Mm -hmm. how we are in life and like you just said whether it be something else that's not a romantic relationship you have to fix some of those things within yourself right or you're just gonna end up right back in the same spot whether it's with a friend a co-worker a boss Mm -hmm. anything can be toxic right it's just right now we're focusing on the romantic relationships (laughs) on the lovers (laughs) and i think one thing that we can both relate to a lot that i think is why we were both so attached to the relationship is Mm -hmm. because it's all we knew right we started so young Mm -hmm. and it became so like the commitment was so real and the commitment was Mm -hmm. there and it was just like this is my forever right at I mean, I started dating him when I was 16. How old were you? I was 14. Oh, shit. I know. Yeah, so we were like super, super young. Your mm-hmm. brain isn't even close to being done developing. Mm-hmm. You haven't discovered who you are as a person. So you identify yourself as a person with everything that has to do around them. Right. So your yes. identity becomes the relationship. Right. Like you don't know you. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying this is for everyone, but this is how it was for you and I. Mm-hmm. And I think that was one of the biggest, maybe scary things that would come up when we would have to let go. Yeah. Because it was just like, well, fuck, who am I out of this relationship? Mm-hmm. You know, like if I'm not in this relationship, who am I? Yeah. Yeah, because I started dating him when I was a junior in high school, I think, or sophomore. Mm -hmm. Either sophomore or junior. Yeah, my whole identity became him and me. And it didn't help that where we live, everyone knows us. Mm -hmm. And so everyone started to also identify us as one. Right. Oh, my gosh. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Same over here. Okay. Yeah. So, like, when people would see me think of me they would automatically think of him mm-hmm. and vice versa right every time i would be out and someone would recognize me they'd be like oh you're his girl right mm-hmm. like the people that knew him right and the people that knew me would see him and be like oh you're his you're her Boy guy yeah. yeah like they just knew us as one right and so it doesn't help not only like your internal identity but mm-hmm. when everyone around you is like 
oh yeah him and her him and her her yeah. and him like it's not just dulce no it's dulce and so and so or it's not just ellie it's ellie and so and so it's like at that point you kind of lose your whole individuality as a person and your individual persona becomes the whole relationship and it's just especially whenever you're in that kind of thing for so many years it's really hard to let go because it like it becomes your identity so it's like you're basically losing your identity all over again Mm -hmm. so it's like not only are you losing a relationship when you um break up it's almost like you're going through an identity crisis yeah definitely i i definitely went through that (laughs) whenever me and my um ex-boyfriend had to split up yeah i definitely went through that whole identity crisis i felt like i was going i felt like i was going crazy because i was like i don't even know who i am i remember specifically kind of like saying this saying that to him like i don't know who i am and honestly it's kind of sad to say you know because you love that person for so long and to think of a life without them that's kind of difficult to do in those moments because that's literally all you knew from like 14 to i think i was 21 so like for all those years it's just like he was a part of my life you know a huge part of my life and all of a sudden it's just like he's just not going to be there and so to go from him being my entire life to nothing at all like my life anymore like is it's a huge change and like you said it takes you on a toll it takes you through a whole identity crisis because you don't even know who you're you are because you lost yourself in the process and you have to rediscover yourself and the thing is whenever i went through that rediscovery i stopped looking at it as a discovery and more like as a creation of myself i started thinking of like who am i who who am i supposed to be i started thinking like who do i want to be so i started creating that kind of persona and for myself and i feel like in a sense i've gone through that more than once though not just due to a relationship but because like certain chapters of my life have ended and certain parts of my identity just don't work for me anymore right so you just kind of have to completely let those parts of you go and kind of ask yourself again like who do i want to be right you know and create that person for yourself yeah and it's things we have to keep in mind like you are not your past Mm -hmm. you are not your mistakes you are not anything you don't want to be and if you want to recreate yourself from what you were you can totally do that Mm -hmm. change is amazing and that's the beauty of life you never stop learning right you never stop growing Mm -hmm. until the day you take your last breath i love seeing posts about like old people you know doing things like that growing or going um graduating from college or just things like that because it gives you that perspective of like yeah like you never stop Mm -hmm. and it's really i guess kind of annoying to have this generalized standard that things have to be a certain way in a certain timeline if you're this age and you're not this then you have failed especially at the age where we are right now mm-hmm. early and mid 20s bro we're just getting started i know we're, we're meant, babies i know <laughs> we're meant to make mistakes in these in these times so if you're like still in your 20s use that time to make all the mistakes you freaking can mm-hmm. like fill up your 20s with mistakes <laughs> that way you can learn from them right without you can't learn from something that you've never failed from mm-hmm. so i agree 
and these failed relationships, <laughs> hey, take it as a W. Mm-hmm. You know, y'all weren't y'all weren't meant to be together, and maybe it was better for y'all to be apart. Maybe there's something greater out there waiting for you. Mm-hmm. There is something greater out there waiting there for is. us. <laughs> yes, there's something greater waiting for us out yeah. there. Your your soulmate is out there. You just haven't met him because you are still twenty four, <laughs> and you still gotta discover life. Yeah. Not to say high school sweethearts never work out. Obviously, you hear of those stories mm-hmm. that sometimes even middle school sweethearts right. are still together, and you know, five kids later and a really successful life, and they're mm-hmm. happily ever after. That's awesome. Yeah. Like you know, and I wish I could have had that because mm-hmm. not only yes, we were young. But we also had this whole life planned out. Yeah. And for me, it's a little more different than you in the sense that, like, we have a kid together. Mm-hmm. We live together. Like, the first time I moved out was with him and my child. We had our own apartment. Like, we achieved a lot of awesome things together. And so to see all of that, you know, I had this whole plan in my head that, we were going to get married, that we were going to have more kids, we were going to do this, we were going to do that. And from, I mean, it felt like it was from one day to the next, even though it was, it was a long time Years coming. In the making. Yeah. yeah. It did feel like it happened from one day to the next where all my dreams like vanished. Mm-hmm. And that's when, I mean, not right then and there, it wasn't until, you know, I was done being extremely mad extremely sad all of those things where I took a step back and thought why were all of my dreams all of my goals all of my hopes were in this relationship Mm -hmm. you know it was well what do I want for myself and it was actually one of those things that I realized not too long ago I was making my vision board because I'm a very visual person and so I had been wanting to make a vision board for the longest time but I always kept putting it off because I was like, no, that's dumb. It's like a, I don't know, it felt like a childish thing to do. But yeah. I was like, no, it's not. It's literally putting what I want with pictures and seeing it daily as a daily reminder as to what am I working for. Right. And as I was making it, I made it in the way, and it's right there. Yeah. <laughs> We're actually looking at it. <laughs> the way I went about it, I wanted to do it in different like sections. So I, I made it into a big, big po- poster board and like each corner is designed to an aspect in my life. Mm-hmm. So like one corner is my spiritual life mm-hmm. and I put pictures that I resign with that. In another corner, it's like my financial life. In another corner, it's my house dreams. In another corner is my self-growth and like what I want to do with life. And in the middle... I wanted to put, like, what is my main focus in all of this? So I actually decided to go with a picture of me and my son because, like I said, I was just so focused on, oh, my gosh, this relationship didn't work out, and it's all I knew. What am I going to do now? I was like, girl, take this as a clean slate. You're starting from zero. Make it anything you want. Mm -hmm. And I was like, because the whole thing I kept saying was, I lost the family that I wanted. I'm not going to have a family now. Because me coming from a divorced parent dynamic, you know, that's something that I never wanted for my child. Because I knew how damaging it was and how, you know, sad it was and all of those things. So I always said, I never want that for my kid. And who does? You know, no mm-hmm. one goes into a relationship, has a kid wanting it to fail. Right. And I'm probably, 
it's probably safe to say it was the same for him. Like, he didn't want that. It's just it's just the way things worked mm-hmm. out in the end. You know, like, we should have waited and not had a child <laughs> in the toxic way that we were. But it's okay. Like, I love my son more than anything. And I'm so grateful for him. And I work as hard as I do for him. Um, but, yeah, I just kept thinking, just because I lost my partner doesn't mean I don't have a family. Mm-hmm. Me and my son is my family. You know, it's not your... Uh, perfect dynamic because obviously you want your child to have both parents but I was blessed enough that even though me and him didn't work out and he was you know not the best partner he is the best dad that he can be so I had to look at it in the way that okay I took a big old L but my son didn't have to mm-hmm. and I'm thankful for that at the end of the day you know like even though he may come from a home where the parents aren't together how should I say his childhood won't be the same as mine which was my biggest worry you know I didn't want him to suffer like me he'll just have to suffer in a new way (laughs) (laughs) um but he'll always have his dad around and that's one thing that I have to be thankful for you know but it also adds to the (laughs) freaking struggle of the breakup Mm -hmm. because we have a kid together so obviously I can't like you you know like we're done I don't really want to see you right now. So like, you know, when you're you're broken up, ya no los ves, you don't hear from them. Like, right. you're done. You're done. You know, like not to say you don't think of them, but mm-hmm. physically speaking, ya no los ves, ya nada que ver. Like you have no physical connection with them anymore. Exactly. With me, yeah. <laughs> nunca me voy a poder deshacer de este way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, unfortunately, but like I said, at the same time, I'm grateful because mm-hmm. my son will always have his dad in the picture. And I'm also thankful that even though we had a really bad relationship, in the end, it turned out healthier than it was when we were together. Mm-hmm. Like now that we're not a now that we're not together and we're apart, we're not one of those bitter baby mama, baby daddy situations, you know, mm-hmm. where like um, I can't even stand to be in the same room as you type situation, yeah. which at the end of the day only hurts the kid. Right. Because you're two full grown adults. You already had a relationship. You already know it doesn't work out. Can you just be civil and just stand there? Like you mm-hmm. don't have to be their BFF right. or even stand next to them or even talk to them or even look at them. Mm-hmm. But just be civil for your child, children, because mm-hmm. a lot of the times the only thing the kid wants is for both parents to be there, especially when right. it comes to events like birthdays. For- graduations Mm -hmm. ceremonies like so many things that can happen in their lives you know like a big game that they want both parents to be there but the parents can't put their differences aside to be there for the child together right you know and so that's one thing i am thankful for that we can at least be in the same room together and we're actually really good co-parents whenever there's an issue we'll talk about it together we'll figure figure it out together because we just want at the end of the day we just want we just want what's best for Noah. Right. You know, we're not worried about you did me like that. You did me like that. And just sit there and argue. Mm-hmm. So then what was the point of breaking up? You right. know, like if you're still going to end up doing all that, mm-hmm. <laughs> what was the point? Right. Um. So I'm thankful that it ended OK, but it's still very frustrating that I have to see him all the time. Yeah. Like, bitch, I just don't want to see you. <laughs> <laughs> I need my space. But. <laughs> You know, it is what it is. We do what we can with what we got. And we live, we learn. (laughs) True. Yes. The important thing is that we learn. Exactly. And that's the thing that I had to, I have to keep telling myself is, you know, you're not in that situation anymore. Mm -hmm. You don't have to put up with it. Because there are times where we'll start arguing like we're together and we're this and we're that. And I'm like, bitch, 
we broke up for a reason. I don't want this headache anymore. And I'm like, you know what? Deuces. Like, there's so many times where I just hang up on him. He hangs up on me. And, like, mm-hmm. we leave it at that and then we move on. Never bring it up again. Because, like, like I said, what was the point of breaking up if we're still going to be dealing with the same headaches? Right. Right now, we're just co-parents. We're not together. I'm not worried about what you're doing. Don't be worried about what I'm doing outside of Noah. You know, like, mm-hmm. goodbye. <laughs> yeah. But it does make it harder. So, um, if there's any of you ladies or fellas out there listening that has a kid with someone and you're just like Ugh, you know just do the best that you can for your kiddo remember at the end of the day the only ones that matter are those kids right and it's better for them to see you be cordial and civil with one another than all they know is arguing right and fighting and screaming and mm-hmm. or i can't even be in the same room as them and it's so sad when i see situations that the parents make the kid be the middleman mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like they tell, tell your mom to, yeah. to, to tell your mom I said this or go tell your dad I said this. Right. That kind of thing. I mean, I'm not judging anyone cuz everyone's situation is different, but like just thinking of the kid, you know? Right. Cuz that and and it becomes that kid's normal. Like the argument that, that the arguing that they see that becomes normal to them. And that normal will be carried on later on into the future. So if the being civil and being cordial with each with each other is normal to them that'll be normal to them in the future too so you kind of have to lead by example in this situation type of thing and that was actually a main reason why i wanted to walk away from that relationship even though i had all these hopes and dreams i just didn't want to distort my son's image of a relationship Mm -hmm. because unfortunately we are doomed to walk in the same path that our parents did a lot of the times it takes some real working on it to not mm-hmm. um i didn't want him to grow up and be in that kind of relationship because that's what he saw mom and do all the time you know yeah and him put up with bullshit that he doesn't have to because he just thinks oh well that's just that's just how it is yeah and unfortunately a lot of people grow up that way and a lot of the times it's not even intentional it's just mm-hmm. subconscious it's just what's in your head and you're like well you know this is just how it is this is how it's supposed to be right this is normal right when really it's not supposed to be right and then i meant to say this from the beginning but hey better late than never a toxic relationship does not or not even toxic let me change the phrase a abusive relationship doesn't always have to be physical mm-hmm there is so much type of abusive i mean it's sad but just because someone is not laying hands on you does not being your does not mean you're not being abused mm-hmm. and i wanted to bring this up just because it's so important there is so many different types of mental and psychological abuse that a lot of the times we're not even aware that it's happening to us that it's crazy mm-hmm. you know you hear a lot of stories of girls being hit and it's sad but you don't like i said you don't have to get your they don't have to lay their hands on you for you to be being abused right um there's so much psychological stuff that goes into it too kind of like what you were saying that he was the one always making decisions and you were just kind of in the background even though it, he may not have been aware of it i also think that's a kind of abuse mm-hmm. in my opinion um, for me it was a lot of manipulation it was a lot of well if you don't do this i'm gonna like retaliate basically mm-hmm. and that's like really heavy abuse i actually didn't i started having panic attacks 
because of the relationship because the abuse got so bad after I had Noah and I never knew it was abuse. I wasn't aware that I was being abused because I only thought of abusive relationships as being physical abuse. Right. You know, and I was and luckily he never ever laid a hand on me. But just because he didn't do that doesn't mean the relationship wasn't abusive. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I think a few months after I had Noah when I started having like major mental health issues that I started to realize damn like this is really bad I'm being abused mentally psychologically and it was it was crazy Mm -hmm. like I said I never I feel like I have always dealt with anxiety but I never knew it was anxiety because it was never really bad enough in my opinion to be like a concern or diagnosed diagnosed like it was just like a minor like hint of anxiety Mm -hmm. I always did suffer with depression though and then you know months into having Noah because everything was mixed in like I was already in like a really bad depressive stage and all the hormones you're going through um I also had postpartum depression like I had so much going on at the time and then that's when my anxiety got really 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 bad and then I started having panic attacks and that's when I started going back to therapy because I had stopped going to her for like, I think I didn't go to my therapist for two years. Really? Yeah, like a year to two years, something like that. And then I started going again because, you know, my postpartum was so bad. My mom was like, I don't care. You're going back. And that's when my therapist was like, homegirl, you're in like a super abusive relationship. I was like, no, I'm not. Like, mm-hmm. he's not laying his hands on me. And that's when she started explaining like, the everything types. in detail yeah and yeah. i was just like <laughs> yeah and i do want to point this out too like apart from physical yeah you have your emotional and psychological abuse but one thing that gets one of them that also gets overlooked is sexual abuse mm-hmm. even though you're in a relationship you're intimate with your partner and everything consent is still required in that relationship so if your partner is telling you no and they're doing it anyway that is sexual abuse just because they're your boyfriend or even further even if they're your husband right if you're not okay with whatever it is maybe you're not in the mood you just don't want to and you're telling them no and they Mm -hmm. go anyway just because they're your boyfriend or husband does not give them permission to take advantage of that right that position that they're in whether that be your girlfriend your boyfriend husband wife whatever like that's if they're in that position, you're meant to feel safe with them. And if they're abusing you in any kind of way, not just sexually or physically, can be emotionally, psychologically, however it is, you're meant to feel safe with that person. Your partner is meant to make you feel safe. And if they're not making you feel safe, then there's an issue. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that one up too. Because mm-hmm. that one is important. And yes. just because you're dating them, married to them, does not mean you're obligated mm-hmm. to say yes at all times right like right. you can still not be in the mood you can still say no for whatever reason or you may not even have to have a reason right just be like not right now mm-hmm. they have to respect that definitely and, and because they respect you they have to respect that decision mm-hmm. and i think that one gets overlooked pretty easily because again the like you may brush it off as like oh well they're my boyfriend they're my girlfriend you know like we have sex all the time so like what's the difference now the difference is you didn't say yes this time that's the difference and 
that's not okay for it to happen and also going back onto one of the topics that you were saying about how after we broke up like I didn't have to see him anymore or anything I feel like what in those cases a lot of people kind of see it as like well we're not together so it's just like so now you hate that person you know so like you're not in the relationship with them and it's like a lot I feel like it shouldn't it doesn't have to be that way and it shouldn't be that way because by all means like no we're not in a relationship together but just because I don't have that love for him anymore doesn't mean that I hate him either like by all means like I hope he does well like I hope he succeeds in life and he achieves all his dreams and I hope he finds a table to sit at just not at my table that's the difference (laughs) across the room (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know so it's okay to be able to move on from your partner and not feel any hate or disgust or just anything negative towards the relationship or towards the person that you were with because after all they were at one point or another they did make you happy even if it was just like a slight moment but they did make you happy and they were an important part of your life and they still are they were an important chapter in your life they're just not in your present moment right you know and they deserve at least that much respect because I also have seen a post a lot that says, I'm not worried about my ex anymore, but it looks like they downgraded. Mm-hmm. And every time I see that, I don't know why, it just makes me laugh and kind of roll my eyes. Because if you are worried about who they're with now, you're clearly not moved on. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, if you're still super salty about what they're doing or about what they did or whatever it may be, take an internal look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> be accountable and maybe you just you got some stuff to work through yeah because at the end of the day if you have all those emotions from them what's that doing to them nothing like Mm -hmm. they're still living your their life it's gonna cost you to have issues right they're living in your head rent free they're not paying you (laughs) are they paying your your are they paying you rent are they paying you gas or light no no they're over there living in your head you're not even getting anything out of it especially not money so exactly a la chingada con el toxico let him go <laughs> yeah because that shit is just gonna affect you ellos que mm-hmm. and or vice versa you know ella que whatever whatever right. it may be you mm-hmm. know let him go the foot <laughs> i know yeah and it's easier said than done obviously yeah but i feel like right now in this generation because <laughs> back in my day <laughs> no but for real like I feel like nowadays, I don't know why, it's almost like, almost sexualized being in a toxic relationship. Right. Like, people always talk about how turned on they get. And we've Mm -hmm. talked about this, how they say, like, ooh, like, spicy Latinas or Mm -hmm. spicy Latinas. Like, ew, why would you want to be in a toxic relationship? And Mm -hmm. I get it because people are like, oh, that's fun. Because don't get me wrong, I've thought about it, too. Mm-hmm. I'm like being with like a guy who's at peace, who doesn't fucking fight with me all the time. Aburrido. Like, mm-hmm. que vamos a hacer? But like, girl, that's just speaking into maybe I'm toxic too. Yeah. And that ain't good. Like, I don't no. want to be like that. After a like... while, that quote unquote fun kind of just ends up taking a toll on you it's just like do you really want to be depressed because you're trying to have fun do you want to have anxiety attacks panic attacks because you're just you trying to have a little fun <laughs> <laughs> if you want to have some fun and live in um what's that in adrenaline oh yeah fucking zip lining i know bungee jumping 
For real. Something good for the heart and the mind. <laughs> Don't be living in no toxic relationship because it's fun. I oh, know. my God. No, Chaotic. I can't. I can't with that. When I see posts like that, I'm like, girl. Or Are you dude, okay? Go to therapy, my guy. I know. What's one of like the things that you struggled with to leave the toxic relationship? Like, what was the one thing that held you back from doing it? From leaving? Mm-hmm. Um, for me specifically, well, it's hard to pinpoint it because I was so close to actually, like, leaving, leaving throughout the, like, eight, nine years. And something always pulled me back. But towards the end, you know, obvious answer, Noah. Okay. Um, especially, like, the very first time we broke it off completely and we, I moved like I moved out on my own so it was just me and Noah Noah constantly would say I want both of my parents I want Mm -hmm. both of my parents he would say that all the time and like for whatever reason if we were all together like doing something because like I said we've just ever since we first broke off uh we were really good co-parents you know like we could go to Walmart and go supply school supply shopping together for him Mm -hmm. things like that so like if we were ever together like the three of us doing whatever we were doing it still breaks my heart. Noah would grab me, like he would wrap his hand, his arm around my neck on one side and his dad's on the other hand. Mm-hmm. And he would like bring our heads in. He would give us both kisses and he would be like, I love it when we're all together. Aww. And it would just break my heart. And he would always say it. I mean, like when we were getting ready to go to sleep, because we always say, Siempre hablamos con Papa Dios. Mm-hmm. Before going to sleep, we say our prayer to our guardian angel. And like I said, when we first broke it off, he we would do our prayer and then he would always say, and I want my parents together. Mm. And he would say it to me and to him. And mm. obviously, like hearing your child say that, it's just, yeah. it's so heartbreaking. And so we talked and we were like, yeah, he's always saying that to me. Because he, he was the one that brought it up to me, his, his dad. He was like, hey, you wouldn't believe what Noah just told me. And I was like, what? And he told me, you know. He says that he wants us together, that he's so happy when it's the three of us, you know, that breaks my heart. I was like, oh, yeah, like he's already told me a few times. It's sad, but it is what it is. And he was like, well, what if we try again? So I was like, okay. So we tried again for the sake of knowing for the little things he would always tell us. But it just didn't work It did not work again. It was Mm -hmm. just one of those things where... I don't think, and I'm not going to say never, because every time I say never, we end up back together. (laughs) Um, So if it's meant to be in the future, it is what it is. But as of now, I don't see us getting back together ever. Because Mm -hmm. like I said, every time we've tried again, it's just, it continues to be toxic on both ends. I think Mm -hmm. we're just, and then also it goes back to, because we've been together for so many years, since we were so young, we, I think when we're together we go back to our toxic ways, both of us, because we're used to it. Mm-hmm. You know, our mind, I feel like it's almost like on autopilot. Mm-hmm. Like we're together and our mind switches to that autopilot of when we were together for so long. Gotcha. Like it takes physical and like actual Awareness. work. Yeah, like you have to like analyze what almost everything you're saying because like I said, everything is so autopilot that whenever we're together now i have to stop myself from saying a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. so i'm like what's the point yeah you know it's like 
smart ass remarks I want to make about him and it's just like for what but it's just things that we're so used to doing and like I said I don't do that with anybody else like that's just not me mm-hmm. but when I'm with him I just I feel like I just get mean mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah so all that to say um towards the end it was Noah that kept me there that's- before that <laughs> corny but I think it was my daddy issues I didn't mm-hmm. see him, obviously, because that's nasty, <laughs> as, like, a father figure. But I saw him as a male figure, just mm-hmm. in general, there. And I just, I guess, always craved having that. And mm-hmm. so I used him as just having, like, just, like, a protector. Gotcha. Having a protector around her. Having someone that can help me out with different things. Because it's always been me and my mom. And my mom is a very, very tiny person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's smaller than me. And so when Jimmy started coming around, there were so many things that he could do that it's just, it takes like a psychological twist on you. Yeah. And that's where like your daddy issues come in and you just, you, you just have this like protector around. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what it was for me. Cause it was just like, oh my God, this tall, tall, strong protector, basically, you know, cause every time I was around him, I just feel, I just felt safe. Mm-hmm. ironically speaking because <laughs> you know come to find out how it really was but like in the beginning but yeah so I think it was just those daddy issues gotcha. and I was just I was just like oh this mm-hmm. you know tall guy yeah can help us do you know all these things uh-huh. you know new furniture reach as dumb as it sounds but like reach things from the top shelf without needing a fucking chair I don't know things like that yeah you know when you have daddy issues Ugh. Mm-hmm. but what was the thing that basically didn't allow you to move on or move away for me well two things one is whenever i did start thinking about like this isn't okay like we need to end it like we shouldn't be together like this relationship isn't healthy that kind of thing or we're just not meant for this kind of thing whenever those kinds of thoughts started to surface i honestly felt guilty and because in my mind well I'm like I've been with him since I was 14 and in my head I was just like we're we've talked about getting married having kids building a whole future together you know so like we've planned all these things all of these things out and we haven't even gotten into that part yet so I'm over here like thinking I'm like well am I giving up too easily you know like is it too early like am I not just trying hard enough you know, so then I would start suppressing those thoughts because I would start feeling guilty for having them. So I didn't want to think that way because obviously I didn't like feeling guilty for it, you know. So you were carrying the whole feeling of the failure of the relationship on your back. Right. And then on top of that, I will say I have both abandonment and attachment issues. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to my mommy issues, but... <laughs> Um, oh parents I know they love to fuck you up (laughs) (laughs) but that's one of them like I will admit like I do have I do struggle with abandonment and attachment issues so one of them was like well he's been in my life for like six years already and to have not have him in my life like what does that even look like? Like, I don't know what that's going to look like. Like, how can I even live like that type of thing? Like, you truly start to feel like they're your heir. Yeah. Like, if they or if they or you walk away, you're going to literally die. Yeah. And, well, I'll open up about this. So, my very first panic attack was um, the very first time that we had broken up. And 
I honestly didn't know that it was a panic attack and um, I was in my room and I started hyperventilating and my chest and my back started hurting and I just couldn't breathe and I tried standing up and I just started getting dizzy so I had to like sit back down and I just felt like ants crawling all over me and everybody was asleep and the thing is like my dog who I love very very much that's my baby mm-hmm. She was the one that was furthest away from me. She was like downstairs in her room and she, I don't know how, but she managed to hear me. She ran out of her room and went upstairs to like coddle me and like help me out. So, and then that's where like my whole panic disorder kind of like started setting in and everything. So literally, like you literally lose your air, like just thinking about the abandonment you know of like leave of like losing that person because like that person means so much to you so that was one of the other things was like because i already had gone through that because we did break up previously before that and i already knew what that was going to or i had an idea of what that would feel like you know like losing someone that i still cared about because even though we had already gone we had already gone through our ups and downs i'll still say that like whenever we did break up this last time i still cared about him so losing him was very difficult for me and it was hard to lose him in the very end even though we needed to do it you know so yeah i would say my my mommy issues played a part in it ultimately we couldn't walk away from our toxic relationships because daddy issues and mommy issues yeah perfect Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's it's like we're balanced out oh my goodness we're made for each other the yin and the yang um i don't know if we brought this up before but me and ellie are connected on another type of level i know uh we always are thinking of the same thing Mm mm-hmm I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things where like you have to be there in the moment, yeah. but it's honestly crazy sometimes. I know. It's like, are you in my head? <laughs> Can you hear my thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> Tenemos antenas uh-huh. en la, arriba de la cabeza yep. and they tingle. Uh-huh. <laughs> those are our spidey senses. Yeah. We have spidey senses for one another. Mm-hmm. And then we'll start saying like the exact same thing sometimes. <gasps> you know what? We have like a twin connection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> without even being sisters What's mm-hmm. up? but yeah soul sisters i really truly think ellie is my soulmate i do too oh not me but like you yeah <laughs> i'm my own soulmate <laughs> that's a whole um other episode i'm so excited to do to talk about what do you say your three different types of soulmates i think so i think that's what it's something like that yeah something oh, like that was gonna be so dope yeah but yeah um you know what's also kind of crazy to me how we know those relationships are bad for us and how mm-hmm. we know they're toxic and basically there are there they are our abuser mm-hmm. that was really hard to say <laughs> um but we still love them so much mm-hmm. and we still care for them so much and we can't yeah. walk away i don't know to me that's just crazy i know like the psychological bullshit that we go, go through, through and then still be madly in love with them i know it's just bonkers to me like technically speaking the brain basically does accept that kind of relationship as practically like a drug that's literally how our brain processes it so it's that's why it's a cycle especially if you're in a very abusive cycle of like 
let's say they verbally abuse you and they talk mad shit to you and then they after like a few days they go off and apologize to you give they you do presents. yeah give you grand gestures like i promise i'm gonna change da, like, da, even da. go as far as to like cry and say yeah i don't want to lose you i love you so much because mm-hmm. that actually happened to me yeah multiple times mm-hmm. where i would like we would have these conversations where i was like i need to sit you down and i need to tell you everything you're doing and i would like lay it out for him like this is what you did this is how you hurt me i can't do this anymore and he'd be like i'm so sorry i'm never gonna do this again like what do you need for me to change like he even started going to therapy for me because of me whatever Mm -hmm. and yeah it gets better for what a few weeks maybe a few months yeah and then boom same cycle same all over again yeah so it's hard to leave the cycle because after all i mean like you do love the person and you have very high hopes that maybe they will change for you or like they'll change to make the relationship better you know like you you hold on to that hope and that very hope is what keeps you there right and that's i think something really important that you just said that they'll change for you Mm -hmm. no person will change for another person let me say that again no person will change for another person Mm -hmm. the true change will only come when they want to change for themselves yeah when they realize that they're truly toxic or that they're truly damaging those around them because when people are that toxic i believe that they're not only hurting you in the romantic relationship they're hurting others around them because Mm -hmm. they're just toxic within Mm -hmm. they're needing something within they're just not happy with themselves so they just radiate that bad energy Mm -hmm. like if you're not Everything that you put out is because of what comes from within. Right. Obviously. Like, if you're happy, content, at peace inside, that's what you're going to give the people around you. Right. Everything you have within is what comes out. So, if everything that person is putting out to you is negative, believe me, it's not just with you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what they're giving to everyone. Right. And they're not going to make that change until they realize, because this is what happens a lot of the times. They will try to go that extra step, you know, to make it better and to not lose you. And like, Mm -hmm. let's say it's therapy. But the whole time they're like, nothing's wrong with me. I'm just coming. So she'll see that I'm trying to make a change. Right. That defeats the whole purpose of therapy. Mm -hmm. And I'm just using therapy as an example. There's all these different ways people can say that they're changing. Like, let's say it's an alcoholic and he's like oh no baby like i'm gonna stop drinking because i know that affects you Mm -hmm. they may stop a little bit but a lot of times i don't see it as an issue so come a few months later and they're like you come home and they're having a beer and you're like i thought you know you were changing or Mm -hmm. whatever and they'll say it's just one beer it's not that big of a deal Mm -hmm. and then that cycle starts again right like that toxic cycle looks different from couple to couple from person to person because we're all different we're all individuals Mm -hmm. so you just need to recognize what it looks like for you, for your relationship, and try the best to walk away. Yeah. Because we know it's hard. We've been there. We've done that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's it's hard, but it's doable. Mm-hmm. It's like, and, but eventually you'll come out the other side, and you'll come out a better person. And I think it's worth it in the end, because at least you owe it to yourself yes. to find out. Because, like, at least for, in my case being in the relationship for six years and eventually speaking up and everything i walked away without having any what ifs in my head of like what if i did this or what if it could have worked out like i walked out with 
the closure that I needed without actually having him give me that closure. I gave myself that closure. Like, I gave myself the closure because I felt like I did everything in my power at that time to make it work, and it didn't work out. You know, so I'm okay letting it go and I'm okay moving forward because I had my answer. Like I made my part and it didn't work out. That was my answer. That was my closure, you know, mm-hmm. and it's hard letting go of people that way. Either way, even if you have your closure, because after all, you do love them, you do care for them. But at the end of the day, you also have to realize or you also have to admit, I love me too. And you have to love you more than you love them. Mm-hmm. And if they're just hurting you, then, you know, you have to put your love on top of their love mm-hmm. or your love for yourself on top right. of your love for them and just say, I deserve better. I, sh- I shouldn't do this anymore. Because do you, I mean, like, really be accountable. Like, answer these questions honestly for yourself. Do you see yourself putting up with that shit years and years later mm-hmm. because so you're like 80 exactly you're like 90 do you really the question is like let's say you're in this type of relationship right now that you're 24 right and you still want to marry them and you want to have your kids with them do you really want to live that kind of lifestyle until you're 80 or would you rather cut it off now and I mean, maybe a perfect relationship in the future isn't promised for you, but do you really want to live that kind of miserable life? Or do you want to give yourself that chance to go and try and find a good life? Mm-hmm. You know, you owe yourself that opportunity. And be realistic. Like, if you've already been with this person for years and the things you want changed don't change, mm-hmm. they're not going to change. Mm-hmm. What's that one quote? What is insanity? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Right. You're not gonna Albert get Einstein. Results. Is that him? Yeah. Yeah. So don't be doing the exact same thing, expecting different results. Mm-hmm. That goes for science. That goes for life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if and that doesn't only go for relationships. Like that also goes within yourself. Right. Because we, all, um, me and Ellie keep talking about the journeys that we're going on. How we we're just trying to be better people, better. Mm-hmm women better everything yeah um you can't expect to live your life the exact same way you're living and you have different results within yourself right like if you want to have different results you gotta make some changes girl Mm -hmm. because obviously whatever you're doing isn't working Mm -hmm. if you're trying to change for whatever reason right whether it be to be healthier physically you Mm -hmm. know you can't like let's say you're eating whataburger every day and you're like oh i need a change something i want to be healthier i want to be thinner or i want to be healthier mm-hmm. you're not going to keep eating water burger every day right like, you're going to change something right it's the same thing for everything else in life like mm-hmm. make the changes so you can see the different results right and whether that be respecting yourself more loving yourself more and that's another realization i had to come to that i was just really not respecting myself because i also go to like church retreats and you know spiritual retreats and they help a lot because you're just in that setting of meditation Mm -hmm. because a lot of the times you know they set that mood like they'll turn off the lights they'll have that music in the background and they'll kind of like tell you to close your eyes and they'll just talk you through some things and I've gone to different ones where they tell you you know in order for you to be good and successful whether 
that be in any aspect you know emotional physical you have to love and respect yourself and for you to love and respect yourself you can't keep allowing people to be toxic to you to be damaging to you Mm -hmm. you know you have to put yourself first right no matter what because no one's gonna look out for you like you look out for you right no one Mm -hmm. maybe your parents (laughs) maybe your mama your daddy but they're not with you 24 7 and you're not a kid they're not gonna make those decisions for you so you need to make Mm -hmm. those heavy difficult decisions for you to be good i will never stop preaching that (laughs) (laughs) love yourself bitch and respect yourself Mm because if somebody else isn't nobody else will yeah wait what because if they're not doing it cut off oh that's not what i heard (laughs) (laughs) but yeah somebody else will Mm-hmm. Cause that's the thing too that I think. No, scares. I said nobody else will. Oh, I meant to, I like I was thinking you were saying like if you don't respect yourself, I, that's why I was like nobody else will. Cause if you can't show yourself I mean, an ounce of respect, people only respect you as far as you're able to respect yourself. Right. Cause you're the one setting up the boundaries. Right. Cause some people may want to come up and be disrespectful in whatever way that looks like, but if you cut it off straight mm-hmm. and you're like hell no, that's as far as it's gonna go. But right. If you allow it, they're gonna go as far as you let them. Right especially the ones that are really abusive mm-hmm. and that's how that's a like psychological thing there are people with abusive disorder what is the abusive um narcissistic what's i trying to say there's like a term for it where they're abusive and it's like something they have to work on like it's a characteristic of them like they're abusive physically no like anyway a phys- physical or mental or narcissistic personality disorder no, it has something to like. There, it's the word abusive in it. Nereda has told me before, but I can't think of it. No, say. But anyway, they're just <laughs> they're abusers at heart, <laughs> and they need to work on that shit. Gotcha. Yeah, but it's not. And then I feel like a lot of people, because I know I did in the beginning, they feel almost obligated to walk hand in hand while they're going through that journey. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to. And it's okay to break it off and be like, deuces, you can call me once you're fixed. Right. <laughs> like, you don't have to walk with them through the process because mm-hmm. I've done that before. And I actually went, like, I was, I went through a depressive episode in middle school. Mm-hmm. Then I got out of it. Then I got with my ex and helping him through his issues put me back in my depressive mode. Mm. and back in the day i saw it as i'm helping him and you know he's gonna see that i'm you know hand in hand with them and mm-hmm. it's just like bitch you ain't know what is it i was gonna say something but i forgot <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you you're not there you're not put on this earth to fucking heal people like that you know yeah like, they have to do that's a journey that someone has to i'm not gonna say walk alone because obviously it doesn't matter who it is you're always going to have a some sort of support right. but it's not always going to be your romantic partner right sometimes it'll be a friend sometimes it'll be a cousin your siblings your parents but it's not always going to be the partner the romantic partner that you're with sometimes they're not meant to walk that journey with you right and yeah. not to say you can't help them through it mm-hmm. but you also have to see the very distinctive line of helping them and being dragged down with them right you can help them maybe from a distance mm-hmm. or Maybe if you, because I know it happened with me where I was like, well, if I don't help him, like, there's no one else that will help him. Like, I mm-hmm. have to be here because he has nobody else. Like, no, the fuck I don't. Mm-hmm. They're a grown ass person. Like, they can do it. And if you're truly like that serious about helping them, you can help them from afar. Right. And say, okay, you know, if you need someone to talk to, 
maybe you can call me every once in a while but like romantically speaking we're done mm-hmm. things like that you know yeah because you cannot let them drag you down with them right because you're just gonna end up in that really really dark place and for what because a lot of times those this is how i see it those people just want to drag you down with them i mean company does love misery <laughs> i mean misery does love company <laughs> shit i ruined that one that one could have been great it's okay say it again <laughs> misery loves company <laughs> it's okay we tried. we'll keep we tried. that we'll keep a that. for effort yeah i do want to say though for those of you or to like anybody who has kids or is in that particular predicament and i'm not saying this as from someone who has kids because i don't have kids i'm telling i'm saying this out of a perspective who was the kid in this situation your kid you can teach them you can tell them certain things not to accept certain behavior from their partners but ultimately if they're watching you accept those certain behaviors that you're telling them not to accept they won't be able to accept your words because they're watching you you may think that they're not but they are little kids are sponges they're going to absorb every little single thing that you do i mean like they your kids watch you talk on the phone what do they do now they grab your phone they pretend to be talking to somebody you know you don't even realize that they did that but they do and the same thing that they watch you interact with your partner with your siblings with your parents that's exact however you're you carry your own relationships you're demonstrating your to your kids how they're supposed to carry their relationships in the future mm-hmm. or their current relationships now if they have like their friends their cousins their siblings you're just showing them what's okay with your actions and i know it's a huge responsibility but i mean you are the parent but show them what is okay and what's not okay don't tell them show them right there's a reason why that saying actions are louder than words Mm -hmm. is used because they are right and i do think it's interesting how ellie can provide a different perspective because like she just said she was the child in a situation like that so she knows that aspect Mm -hmm. that i can't talk about because i wasn't like that you know i just came from a completely absent father i know when i think of that i'm like well maybe it was better that he left altogether because of how toxic he sounds to be imagine if my father had been in my life imagine how much more toxic i would be now (laughs) (laughs) i need therapy twice a week (laughs) but yeah i mean we say this all with love and light you know we do this podcast because we want to spread awareness we want to make a positive change or influence someone else to make a positive change for themselves like be the best person you can possibly be in every single action that you take in every single word that you say you know all of it matters everything that you put out will stay here whether you like it or not you're gonna affect people around you so Mm -hmm. do you want it to be good or do you want it to be bad yeah that part's up to you remember you have you always have little eyes on you especially if you have kiddos Mm -hmm. they're watching i hate how people discredit kids on how smart they are Mm -hmm. kids are so smart and kids absorb everything and take everything so just be mindful because i mean a lot of people think we're all oh they're only like three or four years old they're not gonna remember this yeah i can tell you like i have a lot of memories from like that year and unfortunately it's the really traumatic ones that you do you do remember yeah you you may not remember every single time your parents played with you Mm -hmm. but you probably will remember 
almost every time they argued yeah really bad in front of you mm-hmm. so you know keep that in mind too yeah don't damage their little tiny brains <laughs> yeah <laughs> so and i think that's a good note to end it on thank you guys so much for listening and for being here with us for being here with all of our shenanigans <laughs> if you guys do not follow us on instagram we did make a little announcement on our schedule change so as of now we do post once a week but we will be moving to once every other week yes we have decided to make this change because there are a lot of other things we're planning to do Mm -hmm. and so we just need to give ourselves that time and so if you listen to us every week thank you thank you so much (laughs) but just let you guys know it won't be every week anymore but it will still be the same every other tuesday at 5 a.m so make sure you guys always tune in yes and we're also excited because since we're taking this extra time to work on this other stuff that means we have extra stuff coming out for you guys so i'm excited yes make sure you guys follow us on socials because that's where we'll be posting all of our other shenanigans that we're planning to do Mm -hmm. you can find us on we have facebook instagram tiktok yeah and we're actually planning to do video podcasts very very soon yes very so soon. we'll be including youtube into that mm-hmm. but anywhere you go you can always find us at the puff lounge podcast and again thank you so much for listening guys